Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When I'm hurt by somebody, what's my natural reaction? Oh, bless you, brother, sister. What's my natural reaction? You won't say it then, but you'll go home and go like, I got to figure a way to what? Get even. Am I right? I got to figure a way to get even. No, that's, that's evil. That's the wrong nature. That's not who we are. Evil for evil? No way. So we can't get revenge. Paul knew those principles. Let me read to you what he says. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of God. People live such lives of contradictions. They complain about someone's behavior, then do the exact same thing. This is a frustrating way to live, isn't it? If you're a follower of Christ, you have the same problem, don't you? Especially when it comes to people doing you wrong. The temptation to get back at them can be very strong. Pastor Mark will be teaching about that issue. He'll be showing you what the Bible has to say about what to do when people sin against you you'll learn that there is a way to overcome those temptations. You'll be told how to do that. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 as he continues his message following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let me read you from Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. See, that's a warning to us. Don't do life without God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You don't have the wisdom. In fact, the Holy Spirit is known in the Bible as the Spirit of of truth. Does anybody think we need some truth today in our world? Are you kidding me? I was listening to the vice president's statement. He was at a college and people were rebelling because he was saying, I'm proud of my wife. She works in a school. And yes, the school is not for the homosexual lifestyle and all that kind of thing. A bunch of the kids went out, but a bunch of other people stood there. And finally, he said to the Christians that were there, you understand that the world hates us. Does the world hate us? Yes, it hates us. Now, we don't hate back, but the world hates us. You know why they hate us? Because of Jesus. They hate it. They don't hate it because of God. They hate it because of Jesus. So here's the vice president warning them and saying, look, you can't do life without God. People are going to hate you. They hated Jesus. When he was here, they're going to hate you. But you can't lead to your own understanding. Don't ignore the Holy Spirit's wisdom. He's able to direct you and me every single day. The book of Romans says, Romans 8, every Christ follower is led by the Holy Spirit. 
See, if I ignore him, how can I be led? Because we're making decisions every single day. Now, here's the next one. We can quench the Holy Spirit by refusing to worship God through Christian music, especially in church. Look what Paul writes. We know the first part of this verse, but you probably don't realize the second part of this verse. See, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have to keep on being filled with the Spirit. It just means coming under the influence. Take a look at this part of the verse. Paul will contrast the Holy Spirit with wine. Take a look. Don't be drunk with wine. Now, when you're drunk with wine, whose influence are you under? How many remember those days? Come on, be honest. Put your hand up. I remember those days. Have a fun the night before, the next morning. Okay. Here's the other thing you say. What did I say last night? What did I do last night? Whose influence? Not your influence. You're under the influence of who? Alcohol. Okay. Now watch what he says. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean? I want to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. God, if I'm not under the influence of the Holy Spirit, I'm under my own stupid influence. And it's no good. Then he says this. Here's how it looks if you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You're singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself. And you're making music to the Lord in your heart. That's one of the many ways of knowing that you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So let me just ask you this. When you worship, were you making music to the Lord in your hearts? Okay, some of you. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And some of you, you never even got in here for worship. You're always late. I've been trying to change people for 27 years. It doesn't work, but I mention it to you again. <laughs> Do you think that offends the Holy Spirit if you don't worship as a family? See, what is he saying? And I'll read it to you in a moment. Worship comes from the heart. And we're family, aren't we? We love our family. We love God's family. And so I just want to challenge you. Remember the song we sing, Is He Worthy? Is he worthy? Did that light come from our heart? Oh, yes, it came from our And who does that please? It pleases God. Because we're not worshiping man. We're not worshiping the band. We're worshiping God. And the spirit is part of that. Notice what he says. We're making melody in our heart to the Lord. Now, everybody, when we worship, you don't have to go like, well, praise God. Although in heaven, you will. And it's not weird. Now, if you come down the aisle and start dancing down here, we will take you outside the door, make sure it's locked. Because you're not drawing attention to God. Who are you drawing attention to? You. You. So we're not into that. But, you know, it's not a bad thing once in a while as you're worshiping God to do like what? I worship you, God. By the way, that's biblical. It's all through the scriptures. Nothing wrong with that. Now, you don't have to go like this. You just have to worship one. And it's not the external, it's from the heart, amen? See, sometimes when we look at worship, if you watch Hillsong and the younger people generation, you know, when they worship, they can worship. But it's not weird, but they're worshiping. Think about this. If Jesus was in this room right now, personally, he was standing right here, what would you do as you started singing? Would you do that? No. Would you do this? You know what all of us would do? (laughs) 
Well, can I say something to you? He is in the house. He is in the house. You didn't come to worship a club. Me, we came to worship the Lord. So let me just challenge you, because it's a great way to make sure we're not saying to the Holy Spirit, well, I don't really need you, whatever, no way, no way. Now, here's the next one. This is probably the number one way we put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. We can quench the Holy Spirit by saying, no, the sin of disobedience. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit didn't live in every person. That started in the New Testament after Jesus went to the cross. They had the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit only ministered to certain individuals, very few, all through those thousands of years. Now, they did worship God. Of course, Jesus wasn't here yet. So in the Old Testament, look at this word. This is from the Old Testament, a prophecy of what was going to happen when Jesus came. And I will put, God speaking, my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations or my rules or the scripture. If we say no to the Holy Spirit, we are resisting the very will of God. The Holy Spirit knows how to direct your life. And it's not hard hearing the Holy Spirit. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And of course, the one who wrote the Bible is the Holy Spirit. It's his words through man writing it. Now, as we begin thinking about the Holy Spirit, what we discuss today, let me just explain this to you in a second. There's many, many wonderful churches and many, probably millions of Christians that don't believe the, the supernatural things of the Spirit that we see in the Scripture. They believe they happen during the time that the disciples are here and the apostles were here, but it doesn't happen. They're called cessationists. And so they would say this, that God no longer heals today. There's nothing about the gifts of the spirit, the gifts of discernment, the gifts of wisdom. Those things aren't needed anymore. We have the Bible. We don't need any of that. There's no prophecy. There's none of those kind of things that go on anymore. Now, they're going to be in heaven with us, but I want to say to you, we don't believe that at all. We see all through scripture. By the way, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we believe that. Now, we don't practice it weirdly, but we believe it. Now, watch what this verse 20 says. Look at verse 20. Do not treat prophecies with content. So we can quench the Holy Spirit by limiting his gifts. Now, all those gifts, don't have time, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, lists a lot of gifts, gifts of the Spirit, gifts that God gives us and uses. They're all directed by the Holy Spirit. They're gifts. You don't earn them. You're not a special person. And as you go through this, the gift of prophecy he's talking about there is a divine inspired message from God to man. Now, he's not talking about me. I'm in a way prophesying to you because I'm teaching the word of God. But this is special. Just a word, not somebody that studied the word and then gave it to you. That's proclaiming the word of God, teaching the word of God. A prophecy would come from God to a man, and that person then would speak to another person. Need to be encouraged. It's always positive. Exhortation, comfort, edification. So it's divine message from God to man. And so there was always warnings about prophecy. 
And there was always warnings about speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is just another one of the gifts of the Spirit. Now, look what Paul writes. He had to correct a problem in one of the churches because they were like a zoo. They were just crazy with it. Look what he says. So my dear brothers and sisters, he's writing to a church just like ours. Be eager to prophesy. If God gives you a message for someone, that's good. And don't forbid speaking in tongues. But be sure that everything is done properly in order. So that's what we do with all the gifts of the Spirit. We just do them properly in order. So it says, don't stop it. You be eager to prophesy. So it's not over. All the gifts are here. But you don't see that. Here's the balance of cessation. Cessation is all that stuff stopped. By the way, Anybody ever been healed by God? Could I see your hand? Okay, we take care of that right there, didn't we? Does God still heal today? Absolutely. Do we understand everything about it? No. But he still heals. So prophecy is one of those things you just have to be done in order. Now, what does that mean? Here's the way it would work. When Pastor Chuck was younger, he's a guy that started Calvary Chapels in the kids' day out in California with the hippies. And he had a little church of about 50 people. And a lady came to him one night and said, Pastor, I have a word from God to you. I'm going to prophesy. God told me to tell you this. And she said, one day, Calvary chapels will be worldwide. It's a church of 50 people. There were no other churches. And so Pastor Chuck just said this. I've heard him teach it many times. He said, I didn't say to her, are you crazy? He said, I just put it in my heart wrote it down, and left it alone. If it's of God, what's going to happen? It's going to happen. So he didn't go like, is it going to happen today? Is it going to happen today? Is it going to happen today? No, he just put it in his heart. If God wants to do it, he wants to do it. Now, what happened to Calvary Chapel? There's like 1,500 churches all over the world. Well, why did she say that to him? To encourage him. That it's small beginnings are not a problem. It was an encouragement to him. When there's prophecy, it's to encourage you, to exhort you. To me, I'm exhorting you today. I'm giving you kind of a word of prophecy on the side. Come on, get your worship going. Because that encourages you to worship. Because it's not only good for God, it's good for you. It's good for me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen? Careful, or I'll start preaching right now. All right, now. <laughs> How many of you from time to time, have had somebody come up to you, a friend of yours, Christian, and say to you, I just feel you need to be encouraged. I just want to give you an encouraging word from the Lord. Anybody? Did you enjoy that? Yeah. See, that's not somebody. Let's see who I can impress here. No, that was the word. Somebody spoke to you. That's God at work. Amen? Now, what's the danger of prophecy? Let me just tell you what happens in the last days. The last days, it says it like this. There'll be many false prophets coming. And that's probably what happened in this church. Remember, Paul was talking about the rapture would be coming in the future. And some of those people said, no, Paul's wrong. It's already come. We missed the rapture. No, it's all false. It's all false. So we have to be very careful. And when people come to you, here's the way I take it. If people come to you, I'll give you a quick illustration. Way back when I was a kid, there was a kind of a weird church, and here's what happened. People came down, and they would just pray. They were Christians. And somebody came over to this lady here and said to her, I believe God told me you're going to go to China. You're going to be a missionary in China. She's going, whoa, 
church, whatever. Nobody knew. This lady telling her didn't know. Her husband was being prayed for over here. He was just praying. And somebody different came to him. Uh, God's going to send you to India as a missionary. Okay, now you go home and you're having dinner. Well, how'd it go at church, honey? I'm supposed to be a missionary in India. Oh, really? I'm, I'm supposed to go to China. Well, that's good for the marriage. <laughs> so what do you have? They were both what? 100% wrong. But they meant well. So where do you check prophecy? Right here. God is not the God of confusion. So you have to be careful. There's going to be lots of false prophets coming in the church. That's what you're going to see in a moment. Paul says, test everything. Tested by what? The word of God. And people that have been doing it. I'm far from perfect. But I can tell you, if God wants you to be a missionary to a nation, to a country, he'll tell you, you yourself first. And maybe then someone come along. You know, I think God's going to use you somewhere. You can say, yeah, God's already been speaking to me. We have two couples from our fellowships. Already I met, told you, in Mazalon, I met them. Each four children. They've been called to Mazalon as missionaries. They left their job. Two of them doctors. They left all that. They're going over there. Just support. And they've changed their whole life. Now, who told them that? God told them that. See, and they followed through because they had what? Peace with God. So be careful, people telling you things. If God wants you to know something that's like that, he will tell you himself. And then just wait for people to encourage you, okay? Now look what Paul says here. Avoid, keep away from every kind of evil. Notice what Paul's commanding. Hold on to the good. At the same time, keep away from every kind of evil. When you speak about evil, Paul mentioned that all through the scripture. We're supposed to be separated under God. You'll see in a moment. We missed this one. I specifically left it out. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.15. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. But always try to be kind to each other and everyone else. So what Paul is saying is this is evil. You can't pay back evil for evil. When I'm hurt by somebody, what's my natural reaction? Oh, bless you, brother, sister. What's my natural reaction? You won't say it then, but you'll go home and go like, I got to figure a way to what? Get even. Am I right? I got to figure a way to get even. No, that's, that's evil. That's the wrong nature. That's not who we are. Evil for evil? No way. So we can't get revenge. Paul knew those principles. Let me read to you what he says. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of God. Everybody. If it is possible, as far as it is, depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Now, why would Paul write that? Because our old sinful nature, what's to what? Get even. But that's not the way we do it. Now, I want you to think about something. He says to leave justice to God. Just leave it for God. By the way, do you know that in the end, a lot of people today say, God, why do you let these people get away with this? Why are they killing all these Christians, massacring them? God, are you ever going to pay them back? Oh, he's going to pay them back. But you and I don't have any right to do that. He's a just God. 
and he will pay them back right. Don't get angry. Just leave it to God. Amen? See, retaliation is never justified. Doesn't mean they were right. Just forgive them because we've been forgiven. I read this great story. I thought it was so funny. You may not, but you laugh for me anyway. Okay, here we go. (laughs) If we try to get revenge, we're as foolish as the man who drove his brand new car into an old parked car that he had in the driveway. Smashed them both. And the police department was called and they came and they asked him to explain his actions. And he said this, I own both cars, the old one and the brand new one. And he says, I was taking revenge on my old car because it had given me so much trouble in the past. That's called stupido. That's one taco short of a combination plate. See, if you're going to get revenge... You will never get revenge. Here's the idiot now with two smashed cars. And he's thinking he got payback. Well, how can I really do what Paul says, keep away from evil? I can't. Because our world is ruled by Satan. It's an evil world. We're in a spiritual warfare. And one of the things that Satan loves to do is tempt us to do against what God wants. So it's impossible to avoid every contact with any kind of evil But there are solutions all through the word of God. And the one person that will help you more than anyone else when temptation and evil comes is the Holy Spirit. Because he speaks to us and corrects us. Don't do that. Let me read to you from Proverbs, Old Testament. Solomon, the wise man. Guard your heart above all else. It determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Now, here's the two keys. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on that path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Now, you understand that. The Holy Spirit always warns us when we get close to temptation. Don't go there. Don't do that. Now think about this. You've heard this story many times. A mother wakes up, goes into her room where her young daughter is asleep, and finds out the young daughter has been sleeping on the floor. And she says to her young daughter, what are you doing on the floor? Why in the world did you fall out of bed? And the young child says, mom, I think I slept too close to the edge. Now when we get close to the edge to doing evil, is there anybody to warn us? Yeah, he lives in us. By the way, he will quite often use your name. Balmer. Not my name. Your name. Don't go there. If you go against the Holy Spirit, you will end up in trouble too. We all will. That's why he's the convictor of even Christians. You've gone too far. Don't go there. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reminded you that God expects you to live your life in reliance on His power and wisdom. You heard that you can limit God's working in your life by your attitudes and disobedience. Pastor Mark encouraged you to listen to the Holy Spirit and obey. And you heard how the Holy Spirit will try to warn you to steer clear of partaking of evil. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will conclude his teaching following the leading of the Holy Spirit. He'll continue to teach how a Christ follower is to live in a way that pleases God. You'll learn how to guard your heart against evil and how to hold fast to what's good. You'll find out about the process of sanctification, what it is, and how God works that out in your life. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.